There are all kinds of creatures in the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual, but we don't think it's fair to label them all as monsters. Well, some of them might be really nice. Maybe even new best friend kind of nice. So each episode, we look at a new entry and decide once and for all, are they fiends or are they friends? Welcome to Monster Friends. This week, we make friends with dragons. Guess what? What? Today we're doing dragons. We're doing dragons. Dragons, finally. The whole thing that this this entire game is about. It's dragons. And I've never seen one. It's dragons all the way down, baby. And I... The thing about dragons is that there is so much information about dragons. There's a lot of... Inf- dragons exist... Everywhere. everywhere in every like mythology every culture like there's dragons everywhere yeah africa asia egypt ireland mesoamerica russia north america like name any like greece ancient rome anywhere there were dragons what about mars uh, we don't know much about the history of mars yet so i imagine maybe there's probably dragons there's on probably mars. dragons on mars there's probably dragons on pluto uh, yeah, so we don't really have to do a description of dragons. Everybody pretty much knows a you, dragon. Yeah, if you grew up, well, yeah. I mean, literally, if you've grown up in the last, like, 30, 40 years, dragons and depictions of dragons have are very popular in, like, the mainstream media. I mean, there's Dragon Tales, which was a great kids' TV show that I watched way too old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's How to Train Your Dragon, you've got Harry Potter, you have Lord of the Rings, you have, uh, what is that one series called? Game of Dragons? <laughs> yeah, Game of Dragons. There's dragons and dungeons and dungeons and dragons and y- they're everywhere. You can't yeah. really get away from them. Uh, the only the only thing I would say, other than the fact that they're big freaking lizards, uh, specifically in D&D, dragons are the ones with four legs and two wings. Some people picture dragons with like two legs and then wings, but those are wyverns. Yes. Um, but so we're talking about the four-legged, two-winged dragons. Yes. That's That's the one that you should be picturing because I and, guess there are other types, but that's the ones that we're talking about. And evolutionarily speaking, <laughs> evolution. If we're talking about evolution, everything came from a fish and it was a four-finned fish. So the dragons can really only have four limbs. Even though the Welsh dragon has six. And in the first Lord of the Rings or the first Hobbit movie, it had six limbs. And then they were like, okay, we're going to take two of those limbs away for the <laughs> second movie. Um, yeah. Wait, Smog had six legs? Yeah, he had six legs in the first one. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. You think I would remember that? It's my favorite book and one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well. Um, but they changed it. So it's fine. They fixed it. So what do we have here? Well, I don't. We're not going to do a rating for every single dragon. What do you think dragons in general are good at? Um. Okay. Let's see. Dragons are watchers and protectors. Uh, of like usually it's usually like gold or jewels or something like that, treasure of some sort. Sure. Um, but I also think that dragons, like, don't get enough credit for, like, the good things that they do. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit, um, when we go through this whole thing from Dungeons and Dragons style dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Mostly you're right. People think that they're evil. Yeah, people think that dragons, dragons have a bad, bad PR person, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of, like, D&D stats... Uh, they have positive stats across the board. Every single type of dragon, positive stats. Uh, the only one, there's only one type of dragon that has a negative stat. It's a negative to its intelligence stat through most of its life until it becomes an ancient dragon, at which point uh, the white dragon has a zero intelligence score. But pretty much everything is positive stats across the board. They're, yeah. they're powerful Dragons creatures. are very powerful. They're very wise. They probably have great charisma. <laughs> 
all of those things. I imagine they're probably very good at everything. Yeah, just about. Yeah. You did a little bit of research on, I was going to say real dragons, but I guess dragons outside the lore of D&D. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Well, the thing is, if I were to actually have done any in-depth research, which I (laughs) didn't. There's a lot of it. There's so much because dragons come up in so many different uh, like cultures and stuff like that. I mean... There's the theory that dragons are just dinosaurs. There's the theory that people imagine three-headed dragons because they come across like large piles of bones with multiple like heads in it. And they'd be like, this is a three-headed dragon. Um, But it was actually like a sheep, a goat, and a pig. Um, So (laughs) there's a lot of like conversations in within the scientific community about whether dragons are real or were real or were yeah, like I said just dinosaurs or something else that existed at the time and the other thing too that you'll find like across the board when you do do research <laughs> into uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that time uh, into dragons is that actually Do-do. like the idea of winged dragons wasn't really a thing early on that was something that was more became more pro- like popular during like the like, middle ages in england to have these dragons with wings um in the bible in revelations satan is rep what wait there's a dragon in the bible there's dragons there's so many dragons in the bible uh satan, so then why don't they believe in dinosaurs satan is a dragon um satan takes many forms within the bible he takes the you know we've seen like if you know the the adam and eve story um that he was a snake in that and then yeah in the book of revelations he's a dragon uh that they call leviathan leviathan is something that like that it's a roller coaster it's a really big <laughs> roller coaster at canada's wonderland it's, it's a, a roller lot of fun. coaster it's a summon in final fantasy it's a very well-known mythical creature came from the bible it was a sea dragon so huh. yeah uh seven heads ten horns i don't really understand the horn to head ratio some of them have horns some of them don't yeah and one of them only has one um, uh, it's very straightforward apparently god fought the dragon and sent him back down to hell. It was very dramatic. Revelations is actually probably one of the better interesting parts of the Bible, period. Because it's just, like, crazy. You're just like, what's happening? My mind is actually blown that there's dragons yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Like, they gen- like Christians genuinely believed that dragons existed. That's probably also explains a lot of why, like, in medieval England during that time... They were like, dragons, they're yeah, real. No, that, when you put it that way, it makes perfect sense that there's dragons in the Bible because that's the only thing that they knew existed was the Bible. Yeah. So, sure. But it still doesn't answer why they don't think dinosaurs are real. Um, <laughs> that That's what blows my mind the most, I think. And then, anyway, this isn't a, a religion podcast. Uh, in um, Egypt, there was uh, Apep, Apep who was also a like a lived in the underworld but in a lot of pictures it's like shown like a long serpent that was like under boats of like people it's supposed to be super long like eight people long um and the reason that the sun sets they this is the myth the most common one there's a lot of myths around apep but the reason that the sun sets is because ra had to like go to the underworld to fight apep so that's that's why the sun exists. Or Ra the, being the sun god. Ra, Ra being the sun god. I should have said that. I th- think everyone knows. Also, Apep was uh, considered, like, blamed, I should say, for thunderstorms and earthquakes. Which also ties into the Chinese dragon, um, which was also long and snake-like, but it did have legs and four legs. Um, and it symbolized potent and auspicious powers and controlled water, rainfall, floods, typhoons, like all of those things. So like dragons get blamed for a lot. They're they're like, oh, there's a flood. It's probably the dragon's fault. <laughs> in all fairness, it probably is the dragon's fault. Uh, in ancient Egypt, they're called like um, lung, lung, 
uh, or not in Egypt, in China. Uh, it's the word for them is long. And they think that that's like an onomatopoeia for the word thunder. Okay. Which is interesting. And there's actually, if you look into dragons, you'll find that a lot of like uh, Chinese words for like things are onomatopoeias for like sounds. Um, that well, I mean that's an onomatopoeia for like just different things that like they would like link it to. So that's kind of cool because huh. we are always talking about Kyle and I like to talk about how in English there's words that mean different things depending on the context, but they do it a lot in China, like in Chinese, and co- like all over the world, just not in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Did you have anything else? Or is that like that's? Well, I'm going to brush the surface of dragons. I'm going to brush the surface for dragons because if I jet, I would legit have written like a 13 page paper about, and I think you've already written a 13 page paper. <laughs> I wrote a bunch. I tried to keep it short, but uh, it's a little long. So that's just a brief history of dragons within like the real world and culturally. But a lot, of, yeah, a lot of snakes. Not so much like winged creatures. Um, that makes, that makes some sense, I think, based on, uh, the lifespan of dragons in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I guess, so I said, uh, when I was talking about the stats of dragons, I mentioned that, like, once they become an ancient dragon, they have a zero intelligence stat talking about, uh, white dragons. Um, so I, I should probably start by pointing out that there are four stages in a dragon's life. Mm -hmm. Uh, wormlings are dragons that are five years old or less. So, like, the toddler dragons are called wormlings. Um, <laughs> they are medium-sized creatures. So, in D&D speak, they take up a five-by-five five square space. So, if you're playing on a map or whatever, it's a five-by-five. Five. They take up the same space that uh, your character would take up. Um, that's a regular humanoid-sized thing. They just happen to be a dragon. Uh, young dragons are six to 100 years old. They are considered large creatures. They take up a 10 by 10 uh, area on a, on a map, a grid map. Uh, adult dragons are 101 to 800 years old. They're considered huge creatures. They take up a 15 by 15 square foot space. And uh, ancient dragons are 101 years old or more. Uh, they can live thousands of years. They are gargantuan beasts and they are 20 by 20 or larger. So they start off real small. And then they get real big, real gosh darn big. <laughs> uh, there are 10 types of dragons and they are split into two categories. Yeah. Metallic and chromatic. And there's five in each Shiny, category. Shinies and, and regular Pokemon cards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got your Charizards and then you got your shiny Charizards. Very different. Uh, so we'll break down those, but first there's a few general truths about, uh, dragons that apply to all dragons, regardless of type or category. So we'll do that first. These are the rules of the dragon. Yeah. I kind of already asked you this question, but like, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, but before I do, I'm just going to be like, whatever you say, you're probably right. Uh, it's probably accurate and it's probably correct and true. Uh, what's the very first thing you think of when you think of dragons? I forget that movie. I forget what it was called, but it was a movie called like Dragonheart. Was that a movie? Yeah. Yeah. My mom really liked that movie. I really liked that movie. It always made me cry. <laughs> That's what I think about <laughs> when someone talks about dragons. I'm immediately like, hmm. <laughs> uh, That's the one that uh, Sean Connery voiced the dragon, I think, right? Maybe. I don't remember. It's like one of those faint memories in the back of my head. Yeah, well, um, I guess I guess it's correct for you to, to think of that first. I meant specifically like what they do, but uh, um, yeah, I mean that works too. Dragonheart is a, is a legit first thing to think of. They fly into villages and kill the livestock and yeah, pl- plunder treasure and protect their baby eggs. Yeah, that's all of that is correct. Um, dragons love gold they love treasure they uh, love gold dragon's horde is like what they're known for they are yes they are gold member essentially i mean one of the iconic images of dragons in general is just them sitting atop their piles of gold yeah right? specifically like, in lord of the rings i think that that's like yes. one of the few illustrations in that book is smog, smog on his gold pile yeah 
yeah. Um, every dragon covets wealth and treasures and magic items, all of that. Uh, the only difference between the types of dragons is their motivation for gathering their treasure. Like, that's what sets them apart, basically. They are magical creatures. Uh, the magic is an innate power inside of them that allows them to use their breath weapons. Um, <laughs> I think most people automatically picture like fire breathing dragons nope it's not common yeah it might not be common but like that's that's like the main image you have mm -hmm. but every type of dragon has their own unique breath weapon so some breathe fire but some breathe lightning some breathe poison uh things like that dragons are mostly feared for their cunning and predatory nature uh ancient dragons are the most powerful or among the most powerful creatures in the world but they're also known for their greed so they're like oh man they're really strong but also they like material goods. Um, so It's funny because, like, what overhead does a dragon have? Well, we'll talk about that, I think, once we get to each individual dragon. Uh, they have their, they all have their reasons for getting their treasure and hoarding it, but, like, most of it is kind of nonsense, I Wait, would say. What if dragons were just, like, actually magpie? <laughs> Because they're hoarders and they take shiny things. <laughs> but if that's it, I solved the dragon myth. Magpies are definitely descendants of dragons. Yeah. I think. Uh, the other thing that is like a universal trait between all of dragons uh, is that they all have a dragon lair. Uh, which is like more than just a house or a place to keep their gold. It's like it's both of those things, but it's also the source or like the focus for their power. Uh, a dragon in its lair is more powerful than a dragon outside of its lair. So if for some reason you decide you need to fight a dragon, uh, definitely try and coax it outside. You, you don't want to fight it in its house. In game mechanic terms, if you're in a fight in a dragon's lair, basically the lair itself gets an action in the initiative order. So like Ooh. it'll be like dragon goes, then the dragon's lair goes, and then you go, and then so on and so forth. Jeez. So when it gets to do its turn, like the the lair it can do stuff like make the ceiling collapse and then everybody has to make a dexterity saving throw or else they get bludgeoning damage and buried under rubble things like that like Jeez. maybe maybe some poison gas will seep out of the wall and like everybody needs to take a constitution save to see if they can hold their breath or whatever um so yeah don't fight a dragon in its lair the terrain is its ally mm -hmm. if you do layers also exert their influence on the landscape around it so uh, sometimes the ground around the lair will become difficult terrain or it can control the weather, uh, that sort of stuff. So you'll see the influence of a dragon's lair before you even find the lair itself. Oh, and giants and dragons have been at war basically since the beginning of time. We're not going to talk about that now, but they are mortal enemies. We'll get to giants one once upon a time. Just pretty soon, actually, because we're on D, A, B, C, D, E, F. G. Yeah, giants are coming sooner rather than later. Uh, but that's that's everything that basically covers like the generalities of all dragons. Uh, so there are two categories of dragons: the chromatic and metallic dragons. Like I said, we're going to start with the chromatic dragons, which means one color. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so these are the black, blue, green, red, and white dragons. Okay, low key, the white dragon looks like our dog. A little bit. It got the same gait. And she's white, and he's kind of cute. <laughs> I'll probably post a picture of our dog Goose beside the white dragon. Yeah. And then everybody will be like, yeah, they do look the same. Or they'll be like, Kyle, Alex, you're both insane. That doesn't look like a dog at all. <laughs> and we'd be like, well, fine. So each type of dragon is distinct from the other types of dragons. But uh, just like how there's some broad generalities that describe all dragons, there are some specifics that group all the chromatic dragons together. We're not really going to do descriptions of each one of them. Just mm -hmm. picture a dragon that's a different color, and mm -hmm. then you've got it. Mm -hmm. So, first and foremost, mm -hmm. chromatic dragons are the evil dragons. Oh. Uh, these are the dragons that you don't want to come face-to-face -face with. I mean, you're probably, in general, just better off if you don't interact with dragons on a regular basis anyway, whether they're evil or not. But, like, definitely keep your distance from the chromatic bunch. Uh, they are aggressive, they are vain, they're tyrannical. Like, they'll mess your day up. You won't have a good time. <laughs> they'll fuck your shit up. All yeah. right, got it. They are driven by greed, but they 
also don't really want to do anything with the treasure they hoard. They, they don't want to spend it. They're not saving it up for a rainy day. They just want to have it. Like every single thing that they do is calculated to amass them as much treasure as possible. Mm, Jeff um, Bezos. I mean, almost exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, but like in their mind, they've kind of already amassed that wealth. They think that all gold and treasure and everything like that already belongs to them mm. and that everybody else has just stolen it from them. So when a dragon raises your town and then carries away your entire bank vault, they're just like reclaiming their stolen property in their minds. Um, if you can't tell by that statement, chromatic dragons are incredibly egotistical. Uh, they see themselves as superior to everyone. Humanoids exist to serve dragons or be served to dragons as dinner. Like, that is it. They think that they are the best of the best of the best, and everything else is beneath them. Mm, I know some people like that. I mean, I don't personally know them. I just know of some people like that. I was really worried that that was going to be a shot against me, and no. I was like, oh, no. Although you do have lots of gold. Do I? Well, you just have a lot of coins. You kind of do just sit on top of them. Like a greedy dragon. I mean, I have coins that I keep to do laundry with. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a sack full of dice. That's also like a treasure. Yeah, I I guess if there was anything that I hoarded, it would probably be dice. Yeah. Dice and Deadpool figurines. (laughs) You have like two Deadpool figurines. I have like five somewhere. Anyway, back on top. Anyway, yeah. Uh, There is also a dragon queen, dragon god. I am the dragon queen. Tiamat is the dragon queen. She is the goddess worshipped by the chromatic dragons. She lives in Avernus, the first layer of the nine hells. I don't remember if we covered that. We didn't. But uh, that's where she lived. I probably left it out because I was like, we'll get to that when we get to dragons. This episode's going to be long enough. Tiamat is considered to be a lesser god, which means she's kind of middle of the pack in terms of the god hierarchy. She's not the most powerful, but she's not the weakest. Basically, it means that she is very powerful and she can grant powers and spells to her followers if she would like to. But she doesn't like to do that. She pretty much doesn't unless absolutely necessary. Uh, She has five heads each of which represents one of the dragons that worships her. So Mm. a black, red, green, blue, and white head. Uh, Each of her heads has a different breath weapon. So she's pretty much a magical wrecking ball on a battlefield. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't, don't, don't don't fight her. Don't provoke. She also hates Asmodeus. Uh, If you remember, Asmodeus is the devil that rules all of the nine hells. Yeah. Um, Why does she hate him? Uh, basically because she used to rule the nine hells and he was like, not anymore, bitch. And he took over, uh, but he's stronger than her. So the way hell works, that's how it should be, Oh, which is too he's bad for stronger her. than her. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's a full God. She is a lesser God. He has way more powers. That's basically how it works out. So it's not really fair to her, but I mean, Hey, hell made those rules. Not me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the general stuff. Let's do black dragons first. Black dragons. Black dragons are the most cruel and evil of the chromatic dragons. He looks the least friendly. Yeah, he's, he's mad. (laughs) Always. They are sadistic. They revel in terrifying their enemies and their enemies are everyone, including other dragons. They don't like anybody. Uh, they go out of their way to kill weaker dragons but if a stronger dragon shows up, the black dragon will just abandon his lair and move somewhere else. Like, they don't like to be made to look weak. Mm-hmm. So instead, they're just kind of like, I'm doing this on purpose. And then they get stronger and come back and kill that dragon if they can. Toxic uh, masculinity happening here. Yeah, a little bit. That's a <laughs> lot of dragons, I think. Uh, their breath weapon is acid. Acid. They spit acid. They live in swamps. <laughs> they hoard the treasures. They live in swamps? Yeah. They're swamp dragons. They're Shrek. It's Shrek. Uh, it's yeah, Shrek. a little bit. It's Shrek. A flying Shrek. Uh, they hoard treasures from fallen empires in order to remind themselves of how great they are. Like, look at all this treasure. I've outlived these idiot kingdoms. And they just take their stuff. Uh, so they like to feel important. And that's black dragons. Black dragons. Done. Next. Go. Blue dragons. Yeah. Uh, they are vain. And if you imply that they are weak, 
or inferior, they will lash out with their lightning breath and make you rue the day you insulted them. Ooh, lightning breath. Uh, they live in mostly barren places, uh, so like deserts and that sort of stuff. Uh, and they use their lightning breath and tunneling abilities to make like crystallized sand caverns under the desert, which is pretty darn cool. If they weren't so evil, I'd be like, you guys are neat. Uh, instead, I'm like, uh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> they are incredibly hungry boys. And they will eat just about anything from cactus to livestock to traveling caravans that got too close to their house. Circuses, freak shows. Yeah. So don't walk through a desert. Children's hospitals. You'll never see one coming. They are mostly ambush predators. They do that thing. You know that thing that some small desert predators do where they like bury themselves and stand. And then when you walk by, they like pop out and eat you. Please don't give me a reason to also be scared of land, Kyle. Yeah, sure. That's mostly in the water. I say shrugging. I mean, there are things in the water like skunkfish that burrow themselves and they're very dangerous. Yeah. So, so like that. Um, they do that. They just have their nose sticking out. So it looks like a nice shady outcropping that you might go rest by because it's the desert and there's not a lot of shade. Um, and then they'll pop out and eat you. Fun. So great. (laughs) Don't walk through the desert. Um, they prefer gemstones over other treasures. Uh, they'll bury their most valuable treasure out of sight under the sand, whatever. Uh, but we'll place less valuable trinkets over top of hidden pit traps and stuff so that you'll go to steal that gold instead and then you'll fall into a pit and then he'll roast you to death with his lightning breath just to teach you a lesson. Fun. (laughs) Yeah, so be careful if you see some treasure in the desert and it looks like, oh, that's a convenient and easy to get to place. Uh, Poke the ground with a stick first. (laughs) See what happens. Green dragons. Green dragons. They are the Kings of misdirection and trickery. Uh, Loki. They are, yeah, they're the most cunning of dragons. They are green in color, much like Loki. They are the Loki of dragons. You're right. Uh, their breath is poison, and they live in forests and sometimes marshes. So that's who, when I was like, oh, black dragons might fight another dragon. It's probably a green dragon that they would come in contact with uh, because, you know, marshes and swamps poison. kind of overlap. Po- Poison versus acid, too. I mean, those are kind of the same thing. Yeah, poison, I think... I don't know if this is how it works. In the way that I figure that it works in terms of, like, this, uh, I think poison is more of, like, a gas type thing, and acid is more of a liquid. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them burns you, or one of them chokes you. That's kind of how I picture dragons. But, I mean, you can probably play dragons however you want. Uh, It's up to you. It's a made-up game. (laughs) Their favorite thing to eat is elves. Uh, <laughs> makes sense because lots of elves live in forests. That's where these dragons live. Yeah, eat the magical creatures that live in the forest. But if they're hungry enough, they'll just like eat trees if they don't feel like hunting. Um, oh. Yeah. There's friend potential there. I guess. I mean, their specialty is corrupting good-hearted people, so... Friend potential! <laughs> friend potential, okay. Uh, they're liars and manipulators and... Also, Masters of Intimidation. I used to date a man like that. Used to? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm clarifying. Used, used to. to. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Good. <clears throat> if a green dragon comes up against a group of foes, they'll slaughter most of them, uh, but they like to keep some of them alive so they can intimidate them into obeying the dragon's wishes. Like They like to instill fear into the minds of their minions and then often go as far as to drive them to the point of insanity because... Why the heck not? In terms of treasure, green dragons take a slightly different approach to the concept than other dragons because their most prized treasures are creatures that it has bent to its will. And the more powerful the creature was, the more the dragon favors that treasure. So like if the dragon charmed someone like me, it would be like, whatever, that was easy. Uh, But if they got like Professor Xavier, they'd be like, yo, this is wicked. Check out my most prized possession. Uh, So that's what they deal with treasures i mean they also collect like wood carvings and like that sort of stuff like nice ones not or probably shitty ones too i don't know but you know that sort of stuff because they're forest creatures so i guess they like wood things too or whatever but mostly it's people (laughs) they like to collect people cool red dragons red dragons he looks like the dragon from the the book 
I, from your old box art, he looks like, okay, Kyle has like an old Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Like first edition. First edition. Like 1970. I don't know where it is. Two or whatever. Uh, oh, it's on my shelf somewhere. And on it is basically the red dragon. So, oh, yeah. there it is. Um, these ones are, surprise, surprise, the fire-breathing dragons. <gasps> no They way. are okay. the greediest of the bunch. Uh, they are basically always trying to increase the size of the treasure hordes. Like, that is their one and only goal in life. Their treasure hordes are what give dragon hordes their legendary status. Like, red dragon hordes are why people are like, dragons hoard treasure. So, like, other dragons would be millionaires. Uh, Red dragons are Jeff Bezos, basically. Uh, They know the value and the worth of every single item in its hoard. And they know the exact location of every single thing in their hoard. So, they'll notice if a coin has gone missing, and then that'll send them into a rage. They are impulsive and easily angered. They are the most arrogant of dragons. They see themselves as kings of the species with all other dragons below them. Basically, I mean, red dragons are basically Smog from The Hobbit. He's a little bit of all of them, but mostly he's like a red dragon. Red dragons prefer to live in isolation, but they feel a need to keep tabs on what's going on in the world around them because I guess they don't want to be surprised. Um, So they use like a network of informants and spies to keep an eye on things. Dragon spies. Yeah. And they live up up in mountain caverns or down in the halls of abandoned dwarven mines. But if, like, they could pick their dream house, it would be somewhere with volcanic activity going down. Uh, But they're not, like, super picky as long as it's a big cavern that can hold their treasure and is preferably at least a little warm. Uh, White dragons. The last of the chromatic dragons. Mm -hmm. These dudes are the smallest and the least intelligent of dragons. If you remember, I said that they're the only one with a negative stat, and it's their intelligence stat. <laughs> they're cute. They Just are. Cute. They are the most animalistic and beast-like of all of the dragons. They aren't as cunning as other types, but they are better hunters. They are malicious. They might not be very smart, but they do have the best memories. So, like, they'll remember every single slight or defeat and will hold eternal grudges against anyone who offends them. They have ice breath and, uh, well, okay, actually, no, I said ice breath. Uh, in D&D, there's no actual, like, ice damage. It's just cold damage. Mm-hmm. So they have cold breath, but that sounds silly. So they have ice breath. <laughs> I'm saying they have ice breath. So, uh, with their ice breath, when they defeat... Uh, a powerful enemy they'll like freeze their body and then keep it on display in their lairs so if you enter a white dragon lair you'll probably see bodies of or frozen bodies of like giants and other dragons and big monstrous creatures um so you know uh watch out because that'll probably be you (laughs) they live on the cold and frozen peaks of mountains in glaciers or frozen subterranean caverns if you want to like get a dragon on your side, your best bet is to go for a white dragon. They I, I are, think I can do it. They are the most likely to win, like to win their obedience. Uh, Cause like, if you can prove that you're more powerful to them, then they'll be like, mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I work for you now. Uh, that's cool. If you defeat a white dragon in combat, they'll like submit to you. Uh, they'll acknowledge that you were better Uh, As long as they're still allowed to kind of just do whatever they want. Which includes, like, they'll still slaughter all of your other followers, too, if they feel like it. Or they'll kill, like, whoever. So if you want a dragon, know that you're getting someone that might also kill your army. But he's also basically an army in and of himself. So, like, weigh the trade-off, I guess. (laughs) Their favorite treasures are diamonds. uh, Because diamonds sparkle like ice, I guess. I have no idea. Uh, but their hordes have things made from, like, ivory and whale bones and things like that. Oh, these guys are, like, white. Like, white. Like, white supremacists. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go quite so far as to say... But they like white things. But they do like white things. Interesting. Uh, but, I mean, they live in, like, snow and stuff. So, I guess they want to just camouflage everything. It would be a little odd to be like, hmm, I'm camouflaged in my thing, but I only collect shiny red jewelry. And then everybody's like, okay, well, we know where you are now. <laughs> so, like, I guess it makes sense. Uh, they keep all their treasures encased in thick layers of transparent ice so that they can see it. 
but like if other people want to get to it, it it'll take them a while to chip out the ice you know get out an ice pick and then get to the get to the treasure and they'll probably freeze in the process so i mean that's a pretty good security system I yeah think. that works it's like putting your credit card in the freezer in a block of ice takes a while makes you think makes you think before you buy that pair of shoes that you don't need uh those are the chromatic dragons though that's all of them. oh my gosh we're already done so tell us about chromat or uh metallic shiny dragons metallic dragons are basically the exact opposite of chromatic dragons these are uh, good dragons yeah well yeah <laughs> um metallic dragons see themselves as just like one of the many powerful creatures in existence and they believe that they all have their place so they don't want to eliminate anybody else uh well except for evil creatures mostly but rather than being focused on destruction and fear they seek to protect and preserve so they still have treasure hearts but they aren't driven by greed uh, they collect treasure to study and to learn uh, or they'll take powerful dangerous and evil magic items and keep them deep in their lair so it's uh, harder for people to get at them they try and keep all of these corrupted items uh, out of the hands of people who might abuse their power so i mean good job guys i guess uh metallic dragons are also shapeshifters uh they can take on humanoid forms and some of them can even take on like animal forms so once they learn to disguise themselves they'll spend a lot of the time uh, among other humanoid races just hanging out learning and observing they have crazy good memories they can recognize your bloodline through smell alone so, like, a metallic dragon might have met your great-great-grandparents and then fucked off and not spoken to humans again and then come back and then they'd meet you and they would know that you're related just because of smell. Ooh. So, uh, if you meet a dragon in these circumstances, you better hope that your great-great-grandparents were nice to it because the dragon will assume you're of the same ilk. So, yeah. if, if your grandparents were thieves, they'll be like, you're a thief too. Uh, if your grandparents were like nice to it and friends they'd be like ah you're probably nice too but if you're a thief you now got the upper hand on that dragon um, <laughs> so i mean i guess i guess if you're going to interact with a metallic dragon know your family history yeah know you know your family history with dragons very important be informed guys uh metallic dragons worship bahamut who is the i know bahamut platinum dragon do you from what <laughs> Uh, well, actually, this is the thing. So I get Bahamut and uh, Baphomet. Baphomet confused. However, I was reading something online today, actually, while I was doing information gathering about dragons, and Baphomet came up, but they were like referring to Bahamut in it. So I think that at some point, these two things were connected. Could be. I don't know. But yeah, Bahamut is in Final Fantasy um, as a summon. Okay, cool. Bahamut lives in the seven heavens of Mount Celestia, but he'll often take on human form and walk around on the earth. Uh, just like Tiamat, he is a lesser god, so he can grant power. Behemoth, sorry. <laughs> Behemoth? Behemoth. So not Bahamut. Not Bahamut. Well, no, Behem no, Bahamut is a summon in Final Fantasy, but it's Behemoth and Bahamut that are interchangeable. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. wait, but then not to be confused with Bahamut. Yeah, not not the same thing. Bahamut's the goat man who does this. Remember I used to have a picture of him? A goat man doing the peace sign. No, it's actually, I think it's three fingers. Three fingers? So scouts. Three fingers. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, continue. Um, Bahamut, despite the fact that he spends time with uh, humanoids and whatever, he doesn't really interfere with the affairs of mortals unless it's to help them thwart one of Tiamat's plans. So he'll hang out and like be around and stuff, but like he won't help because uh, interference is bad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the first of the metallic dragons that we're going to talk about is the brass dragon. Brass dragon. I don't know why I, I just keep saying green giant over and over and over again in my head every time you name a dragon. <laughs> Brass dragons are a talkative bunch. They love to chat. They love to gossip. Uh, they like just hanging out and having a good time. They love company. In fact, they like talking so much 
that if you try to leave without having a conversation with one, they'll just follow you until you engage. Ooh, like a friendly drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, and if you still refuse to talk to them, uh, they'll use their sleep breath on you to knock you out and then trap you so that when you wake up, you have no choice but to talk to them. <laughs> and they won't let you go until you do. Sarah's lonely. Yeah. So remember when I was like, hey, you might not want to run across some of the good dragons either. Like if you're in a hurry, you don't want to run into a brass dragon. Uh, their favorite treasures are, I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise. Brass? They're, no, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But mostly it's magic items that let them talk to interesting things or people. So like a magic lamp with a genie in it is oh. something that it would love. A talking sword would be amazing. Uh, or like items that can summon different creatures for it to speak to, like that sort of stuff. But also, yeah, probably brass, I guess. One other thing about metallic dragons is that they all have two breath weapons. So the chromatic dragons only have the one. Metallic dragons have two. So brass dragons... Like I said, they have sleep breath, but they also have fire breath as well. Bronze dragons. Bronze dragons. Bronze dragons. These kids live on the coastlines, and they love watching boats sail by. They will often turn into dolphins or seagulls so that they can get up closer to the boats and just see what's going on. And sometimes they'll even try and sneak on board disguised as like a rat or whatever to sniff out treasure, which is, seems like a risky choice this on their is a part. Risky but choice. they are a dragon, so I mean, I guess they're not too worried about it. Um, and if they find something they like on one of the boats, uh, they'll try and bargain with the captain to try and they'll obtain it. Try and bargain as a rat. I'm assuming that they'll probably turn into a dragon or maybe a person or something like that to do it. I doubt. I doubt they ratatouille their way into treasure, but um, so I don't are know. all dragon shapeshifters or just the metallic dragons or just the bronze dragon? Only metallic dragons are shapeshifters. They can all do it, but they don't always get the ability until they hit their adult or ancient level as a dragon. Mm -hmm. Bronze dragons also like war. Like they don't like war, but they find war interesting. <laughs> They're not like I'm all for war. I, let's start them. But like if a war is happening, they are interested in it. They like museums. Yeah. So if there are any fights or battles nearby to their territory and they deem that one of the sides fights for good, they will join that fight. But oh, only for the good guys. We need a bronze dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're very adamant that they will only fight for good. They collect loot from sunken ships, uh, nice looking coral arrangements, uh, <laughs> pearls, stuff like that. Uh, if they do join into a war, they'll ask for payment from the side that it joins. Um, if they can't pay up, though, they'll just, like, lay claim to any treasure that the enemies had. Uh, and they have lightning and repulsion breath. And I don't mean, like, ooh, I am repulsed by you, like, you're gross. Uh, like, like wind. Like yeah. Strong gusts Basically of wind. wind. Yeah. Cool. But, like, with a cooler name, I guess. <laughs> what is it? Re repulsive breath? Repulsion? repulsion? Yeah. Cool. All right. Copper dragons. Copper dragons. These are police officers from the 1920s. Because they're Bastards. coppers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> they <home>. are <laughs> pranksters. They're comedians. And they like telling riddles. They're good hosts. And if you're a bard, they'll be extra nice to you because you have lots and lots of stories and jokes to tell it. But despite their overall, like, jovial nature, they're also a little bit of a Scrooge. Like, they love money and wealth and will lash out if they think their horde is being threatened. Mm. So they're very nice, but they have that, that little bit of the chromatic dragon side to them. They tend to live up in the hills or in mountains, so their hordes are mostly filled with precious metals and stones because I guess that's where they come from. Uh, and they, they don't like showing off their treasure like other dragons like to show off their wealth a little bit. Copper dragons, they don't trust anyone near it. Like, they don't want you to know what they have because if you know what they have, you'll try and take it from them. So they'll, like, lie about what they have in their possession. If you're looking for a specific treasure and you're told, like, oh, this dragon has this magic item, and you go ask the dragon about it, he'll lie about it and send you, like, on a wild goose chase to find it somewhere else. Even though he had it the whole time. But the real adventure are the friends we made along the way. Exactly. Uh, they have acid and slowing breath. 
slowing breath slowing breath so make you go slow okay slow is a very helpful useful magic it can be yes Mm -hmm. Uh, unless it gets cast on you and then it's fucking terrible oh man just let me wake up fully already morning finish i want afternoon because you move slowly in the morning i move slowly in the morning I think I definitely move slower than you in the morning. You're not awake when I first wake up. I move very slowly. <laughs> uh, gold dragons. Gold We're on to gold dragons. dragons. These are the most powerful of the metallic dragons. We know this because I have seen the Witcher. Yeah. Here's their deal. They can eat anything, but they prefer eating pearls and gems. So if you need a favor from a gold dragon... Just give it some treasure it can eat, and you'll be, like, well on your way to getting what you want from them. They are very private, and they don't interact with other dragons at all if they can help it. And, like, all dragons can shapeshift, like I said. Uh, Gold dragons are no different, but they are far and away the least likely to reveal their true nature to humanoids. Like, you could be best friends with a gold dragon for your entire life, and it'll be in human form, and you would... Never, ever know uh, that that was the case. They have fire and weakening breath, which kind of sounds like slow breath. Because, <laughs> like, it just... Weakening breath seems like they ran out of ideas to me. Weakening is... And there's one dragon left. <laughs> there's still a whole dragon left. I don't know. I think it could be kind of cool, kind of interesting. So just... Suddenly you can't lift your axe. To, or, to make people just waste away? Yeah. Like, they have cancer breath, <laughs> essentially. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's dark. Uh, yeah. Silver dragons. Great. They are the friendliest of dragons. They will help out any good creatures, uh, pretty much no matter what, because they think that doing good deeds is the way to live a moral life, which, I mean... That's a good philosophy to have. Fucking Christian. But, (laughs) yeah. They don't go around trying to find and destroy evil, though. Like, that's, like, what gold and bronze dragons will do. Um, But they will oppose any evil creatures or creatures that do harm to innocent ones. So they're they're not, like, active, but they're passive. But, like, their passiveness is, like, more useful than the other dragons, I think. They're pretty much the exact opposite of gold dragons. Uh, They love hanging out with other silver dragons. They also love hanging out with humanoids. Uh, So they'll spend, like, equal amount of times in dragon form as they do in, like, humanoid forms. This makes me want to cry. He seems really nice. They they are very nice. The one thing about them, though, is that they have this terrible sense of time. So, like, (laughs) they'll make friends with a human. And who are their favorite humanoids to make friends with is actual humans uh but that's mostly because they find them interesting in the sense that like their lifespans are still short but Mm -hmm. they like they're like you don't live very long but you still accomplish things i i don't understand this is interesting to me so they like making friends with humans so they'll make friends with a human and then be like okay cool i gotta go do dragon things for a bit i'll be right back and then when they do come back uh their friends will be really old or possibly even dead because they lost track of time while they were off being a dragon. Oops. Um, so they're like friends with multiple generations in a family instead, um, which to them doesn't seem weird, but I guess probably to their friends would be like, well, okay. So now you just like my younger brother more. I don't get it. Uh, they like to collect things that are relics of humanoid history. So they like art and they like fine jewelry, uh, but they also collect things like the remains of Kings and Queens or thrones, or statues and monuments from fallen cities, stuff like that. And they have cold and paralyzing breath. And that's all of the dragons. That wasn't as bad as the demons. No, I mean, it was still like an hour. This was an hour? Yeah. Give me my hour back. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Friday, Kyle. Um, There is one other type of dragon that I didn't really cover. It's called the Shadow Dragon. Um, they're dragons that come from... The Shadowfell, basically. And honestly, I don't have the time or patience to go over more dragons. What about pseudo-dragons? They're they're a whole different thing. Will we ever cover them? Probably not. Boo. Maybe. We'll we'll see when we get there. Justice for Bark Scruffalo. Maybe maybe we'll... Justice for Bark Scruffalo. Maybe we'll do an episode covering all of the dragon-adjacent creatures at some point. 
Do I have a question this week? Do you have a question this week? I do. Kyle. Yeah. Are we ever going to see a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons? Not in this campaign, I don't think. It's not out of the realm of possibility. They do exist in the world, but I don't, on the trajectory that you guys are on, I don't foresee it happening unless you specifically go out of your way to do so. Okay, second question. How do you train your dragon? (laughs) Treats, mostly. All right, that's it. How do you train your dragon? With love and affection. So treats. I don't give them treats because then they're food motivated, okay? It's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, but it's way easier. In that case, I guess if that's your question. Yep. And that's our answers. uh, Rating. I scale a friend to fiend. Okay, well, obviously the chromatic dragons are shitheads. Yeah. Uh, Not friends. Um, Except for the white one, potentially. There's potential for friendship there, which I like. And the metallics or the shinies, I think that they are definitely friends. Would love to meet one of them. Would love to have a chat with a with a bronze baby or a copper baby. Copper babies are the ones who like to talk a lot. Uh, brass ones are. Brass. Okay. See? Now I'm confused because I don't have the picture in front of me. Uh, silver dragons sound great. Gold dragons sound a little like cagey. Um, but I love them. I think I love all, all of the metallics and one of the chromatics. Yeah, I would mostly agree with that. I would say like, in my opinion, maybe not the brass dragons. Cause like, I don't know. It kind of depends on what they want to talk about, right? Like even if they wanted to talk about things that I like, like there's only so much time I can spend talking about hockey or baseball, you know, like I, I feel like. I would get sick of a brass dragon. Um, so maybe if we were friends in like short bursts, that would be great. But I, I wouldn't, think I wouldn't want to like have one as a roommate, you know? I think it'd be, I think having brass dragons like in like old folks homes, like I think Katrina, our roommate could probably really enjoy working with a brass dragon. She loves to talk. That's probably true. And old people love to talk and they just want someone to listen to them. They like to listen to people. I think that they could be great companions in certain scenarios. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I don't think I would want to be friends with the brass dragon. No, because you like to monopolize the conversation. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's go because my voice is dying. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's everything for this week then. Um, And who knows what we're doing next week? I do, but we'll keep it as a surprise. Yay. Or you can look it up in the Monster Manor. I'll probably figure it out. I'm too lazy to do that. All right, bye. Bye, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode of We Have Dark Vision. But in the meantime, why not swing by our website, wehavedarkvision.com, or follow us on Instagram at wehavedarkvision, or Twitter at darkvisioncast. Thank you.